your bright future with Mrs. J and Mr. LD, a Loveridge counseling podcast connecting home and school and helping to create a bright future for your students. Hello, welcome to another episode of Your Bright Future with Mr. LD and Mrs. J. All right, today we're going to dive deep into a theme that's kind of surfaced in a lot of our, our podcasts so far is empathy. And, that, and that's a skill that I think, Tanya, both you and I really try to emulate and to teach our, our own children at home, but especially with the students we work with here at school. And I, I guess to kind of start out, just to have a common definition, mm-hmm. how, how do we, what do you tell kids empathy when you're doing a lesson or something? How so, do you? Yeah, when I talk about empathy, I talk about um I say that it's it's different from sympathy mm-hmm. in that you, you you don't feel your own emotions about their situations. You don't feel sad for something they're going through, but you actually try to imagine what it would be like to be in that situation and how you how people might react and just kind of try to envision yourself in another person's shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Just yeah, putting yourself in the other shoes, seeing through their eyes, and, mm-hmm. and obviously that's a difficult skill for any human. But especially at, at yeah. you know this adolescent age where you're kind of figuring out who you are and, and all that important stuff that is is good, but but being able to see from someone else's perspective and I like that breakdown between sympathy and empathy and and often one way I place that is sympathy is I feel bad for you and empathy is I feel bad with you yes. or or I feel happy you know, for you, or I have, feel happy with you. Yes. You know, it goes both ways, the positive and negative emotions. And and such an important skill to, for our own happiness, our resiliency, and just being better, kinder humans, right? Yeah, I think it is something that comes natural to some people. I think people who maybe gravitate to our career are maybe more naturally inclined mm-hmm, to empathy, mm-hmm. but it is a skill that can be practiced and can be learned. And so it's one of the reasons we focus in our lessons and in our, you know, day-to-day dealings with kids is we, we try to get them to always look through another person's eyes at a situation or, or, you know, take a different point of view so that they can practice those skills because it's something that it's, you know, it's, some of us, it comes super easy and Mm -hmm. some of it, it, some of us, it's a really a struggle to get out of your own point of view and look at someone else's. Yeah. 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 And, and, and honestly, I, I like, you know, uh, reading articles and books about this. And, and it, it is a problem for humanity right now because yes. as awesome as technology is, I mean, that's how we're communicating with you right now is via smartphone or computer or something like that. But the more screen time we get, and I say we, meaning myself very much included, there is an inverse correlation with mm-hmm. with building that skill of empathy. So I, one of the most critical things is just being aware of that so that you yeah. can purposely and proactively build that skill and that, that ability. Yeah, and you're probably tired of hearing us say that over and over <laughs> again about the technology, but, you know, it is one of the biggest problems that we face in our in our career and in mm-hmm. our day-to-day mm-hmm. dealings, but it's also something that we feel is very fixable. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why we kind of talk about it a lot is because, you know, t- technology uh, can really drive you down you know, a couple of different paths. And if you take hold of that technology and you you master it and you set rules and you set expectations, then then it leaves room for developing things like empathy. Yeah. You, you don't have to let the technology take over no, no question. you do. Yeah. It, it could be a tool it's to fixable. build empathy, yeah. to build, sure to be a can. successful student. But just like 
you want to be the, the proactive with that. Yes, not, I and, think so. and which is a, is not how anybody, especially sixth and seventh graders, naturally approach technology, <laughs> where they're the masters of the technology. Yes. That, and more often, you know, the, the just their the time, you know, is dictated by their their entertainment and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we I, I browsed a few different articles, uh, just tips for parents on on how to build empathy and cultivate empathy in your children. And, the, and one that I landed on that I really liked is from the Harvard Graduate School of Education. And we'll, we'll share a link to it in, in the show notes, but it's just called Five Tips for Cultivating Empathy. And we're kind of, kind of just going to yeah. go through that and yep, discuss see. it a little bit. The first one is empathize with your child and model empathy for others. And of course, I mean, that's that's kind of a cliche, obviously, but so much of what our children learn isn't what we say, you know, it's what we do. Mm-hmm. They are, our actions speak much louder than our words. Yes. And, and if we're practicing empathy with, within our family, you know, to your spouse, if you're married, to your children, to others, when you're interacting with, you know, people in the community or online or any of that, how you model that speaks volumes and how your children learn that skill as well. And and it, and it kind of dives into some practical tips mm-hmm. on how you could do that if you want to jump into yeah, some of that. So and you know there's lots of opportunities to practice uh, modeling this for your kids as well for your families. Um, you can do it anytime you're out, anytime you're you know in a restaurant being served, those kinds of things. But one of the tips they give is to know your child, right? You have to know their personality, and you kind of have to know where the where it's hard for them and maybe it is a natural strength for them. And so maybe you just need to guide a little bit, but maybe it's something that your child really struggles with. And so you would need to maybe come up with a strategic plan of how to do that and how to help them kind of cultivate that point of view. Um, another one, uh, just, uh, demonstrating empathy for others wherever you are especially those that are different mm-hmm. from you right because you we notice differences we know that that's that's true we always notice differences in other people but there's there's uh, an art a little bit of an art to recognizing how to talk about those differences yeah, sure. uh, when you're in public or when you are in private um, and how you <laughs> talk to people about the differences that you see those are all going to be uh, things that influence kids mm-hmm. and, and help them understand how to recognize that empathy as well. And, and, and it's a natural thing. I mean, again, back to technology, which we always talk about, but compare our own, you know, and, and maybe this is just me in my experience, but compare your own thoughts toward people that see things differently, looking in like a news comment section or a social media comment section versus when you're sitting with someone looking at them in the eyes, you mm-hmm. know, just how much easier it is to kind of have that empathy when you're in that face-to-face, which is so interesting because we all naturally have those mere neurons, they call them. Yes. Babies have that. That's why they smile and, when we and, smile, and yeah, yeah. love cooing at us and make it because they get that reaction out of us that that most newborns come into the world with that empathetic ability mm-hmm. and, and building on that. And, and so often of that is built into having those face-to-face conversations, which nowhere do we get better practice with that than in our homes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if it's something you struggle with, it takes a little bit of self-reflection maybe to, to say, Hey, am I good at being empathetic? And if you're not, if it's not a strength for you, then that is something maybe you can start to work on. And it's actually very helpful to, 
let your kids know that that is something mm-hmm. that you want to work on. And you can point out opportunities like, hey, this is a great opportunity. I'm going to practice trying to put myself in their shoes. And I'm yeah. going to see it from a different point of view. And and having your kids watch you kind of go through that process of learning can be a very valuable, priceless mm-hmm. um, experience for them because then they kind of see how it's done. And, and they could see you grow and change it through that self-awareness, yes. which is so powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a recent kind of a side thing, but similar concept. I read recently, you know, as as a new parent, I have a four and a one, four-year-old and a one-year-old. I'm trying to be the best mm-hmm. that I can be, and it's a struggle. But conflict with my wife, which is inevitable in any relationship, isn't necessarily a bad thing for your kids to view as long as they see the healing of that mm-hmm. and, and you kind of coming together and, and having those healing conversations and, and overcoming the conflict can actually be a very healthy thing for children to observe. So yeah. Just like with this empathy, seeing your own deficits, which we all have, and none of us are perfect at this by any means, but, but showing that that's a great teaching moment for your kids to kind of see and have that growth mindset going forward. Love that. All right, number two, the tip that they're giving is make caring for others a priority and set high ethical expectations. So if this is something you want your kids to be able to show others, then it needs to be something that you you actively pursue and something that you make an expectation that you are going to um, celebrate those values within your children and look for opportunities to help them to grow and to uh, and to let them know that that's something that you care about more than you know whether they do well on their grades or even mm-hmm. in their sports teams or or whatever that that above all you value treating other people with kindness and empathizing and being being part of a community mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I love it. It explicitly says, for example, instead of saying the most important thing is that you're happy. You might say the most important thing is that you're kind and that you're happy. And I often tell students that that is the best way to be happy, mm-hmm. right? If, if we're going around and, and kind of just being, you know, so self-involved self, self and, and kind of treating others just in a grouchy way, we're going to be more grouchy. Mm-hmm. Where if you're practicing empathy and kindness, it's the best way to be happy ourselves. I, I, I love the, uh, it's an idea that Dalai Lama often says, but he says the... The best way to be happy, if you're going to be selfish, you know, the best way to be happy is to just treat others with kindness and Mm -hmm. compassion. You know, we all want happiness and we go a lot of different ways for that. But that's the surest way to practice that, to arrive to happiness. Yeah. And and one of the tips they give is to, you know, send a clear message. And so I think you can do that through having like maybe some mantras that you repeat with your kids or having a family motto. My family motto was always don't do dumb stuff, which has really (laughs) served us well over the years. (laughs) But, you know, you can have you can have that be your motto. Be kind, be, you know, be be empathetic. Do the things that that you would want people to do to you. Right. The golden rule. So if you you use those as opportunities to continually just go back to that and kind of just ground yourself and touch base and be like, okay, this is, this is our end goal. Mm -hmm. And, and use those opportunities to just kind of drill it in. Those are the things that kids are going to remember. Yeah. The third tip they give is provide opportunities for children to practice empathy. And I, again, the home, the family Mm -hmm. is a great place for this, especially if they have siblings, whether Mm -hmm. they're older or younger, 
we all have sibling conflicts and, and, and some of that's inevitable. But again, practicing that. We, I, my wife and I try to do that with our four-year-old. You know, we, he has this one-year-old little brother that wants to take his toys and knock over his stuff and all that. But we're trying to say, you know, teach him to have that kindness. And, and he's a baby. He doesn't yeah. have the same skills and, and ability. Kind of teaching him to, you know, on that, on that very, very basic level. To, to put himself in his shoes and try to see, you know, we don't need to yell and scream because he knocked your stuff over because he's, he's just barely learning to walk. But right. again, that in itself is teaching that empathy a little bit. Yeah. Um, you could talk about uh, the ethical dilemmas that maybe you face. Like once in a while you run into something where it's really hard mm-hmm. to see something from another point of view. And it's hard to, to uh, especially if it's something that you really disagree with, you know, politically sure. or religiously or, or in some of those circles, sometimes it's good to talk through those things with your with your kids as well to be like, well, this is really difficult. Mm-hmm. And why is it difficult? And why would someone even see it the other way? And really tr- kind of try to dig into those opportunities to be like, you know, there are many different viewpoints in the world. Mm-hmm. And just because we don't understand or don't be, don't necessarily agree we can still respect and we can and we can try to understand why someone might think that totally i mean i mean our i don't know if it was the last one or two ago the podcast where we talked about talking to your family about tough things in in the news great opportunity to Mm -hmm. talk about empathy i mean first of all checking in with your kid right you know saying how are you what is your understanding of that you practicing empathy with them but then also helping them have that outward facing empathy toward people in the news, toward people of other views. It's great. I love that. And then another tip, just real quick, um, is have family meetings. And I love that one because uh, it's something that's kind of gone away, Mm -hmm. I would say. The busier we get, the more (laughs) consumed we get, the harder it is to really come together and all agree on something. But if you have a regular family meeting, um, it's a good place to air grievances. It's a good place to try to, you know, to, to, to come up with compromises and find win-win situations. And all of that helps to foster empathy because you're you're a group of people who are trying to get along and thrive together. And that takes a lot of give and take. Yeah. And that's what empathy is about is really just trying to figure out how to find the win-win in every situation yeah. so that you can be part of that community as a whole, whether it's your family or whether it's the school or whether it's a larger, you know, mm-hmm. world community. Yeah. I, I, that makes me think, you know, obviously having a explicit meeting like that is, is critical and being able to tackle those, but just the simple, as much as you're able to sit down together for like dinner, mm-hmm. you know, where you talk to each other, look each other in the eye and, and you're right. Life is busy and often we need jobs that work in the PM and things like that. Mm-hmm. But as much as you're able to, to have those, you know, just casual meals together where you're talking together and, and just about fun stuff, silly stuff, school stuff, serious stuff, but where you're interacting on on that regular level. I, I read something, you know, at some point that that is a, as much as you could predict any how successful a student will be in school with what's going on in their home life. That's one of the greatest mm-hmm. correlates with that is if how often do they eat together as a family? Yeah. And, and, and there, obviously there's a, many layers to that. But again, I think one of it is just that you have that stability where you're practicing that those conversation skills and that empathy. Yeah, and if you set that as a goal, you know, no one's going to be perfect at it. And life's going to get crazy and you're, you will miss, right, a lot. But it, if your family knows that's a priority and you are just hitting that even every once in a while, I mm-hmm. think that that is a huge step forward often. Yeah. So. Totally. So the fourth one they have is expand your child's circle of concern. 
And th- and this is a big one, especially in sixth and seventh grade. Like I said, adolescents, I mean, humans for that matter, but adolescents especially, we're all very self-involved, right? And that doesn't mean selfish. That doesn't mean bad or anything in that negative sense. But we see things from our perspective, and especially with sixth and seventh graders, their circle of concern tends to be very small. Mm-hmm. It's their few friends and their family and, and maybe their sports team or their favorite YouTube star, but that's about it. So purposely helping them with that. I, I love this that they say zoom in and zoom out, mm-hmm. zoom out yeah. um, where you help your child zoom in on another, another person's feelings and how they're doing, but also then zoom out on these issues where you kind of see, okay, how do you think these other people see from that perspective? Mm-hmm. People that are different, but where you, where you are, again, just kind of, practicing that skill and and i i love that and i i think that's a good thing for me to try to do i zoom in and zoom out no i love that that perspective i love that phrasing the zoom Mm -hmm. in and zoom out because it's very much a visual to help Mm -hmm. you understand what you really do need to do excuse me number five the last one we have for you is help children develop self-control and manage feelings effectively and so that's of course as parents what we're always i think trying to do is help to get that, uh, get, help them to understand where emotions are coming from and why they feel that way and then learn how to regulate and control mm-hmm. those emotions. And so just talking about feelings, identifying what you're feeling and giving those emotions a name and being able to speak about them, mm-hmm. you know, it, expanding their emotional vocabulary is such an important part because, you know, the range of human emotions is almost infinite. Yeah, and, true. uh, and so we, you know, especially if you start to mix emotions and you feel happy and sad at the same time, I mean, it's just, it's such a big, big thing to really mm-hmm. kind of understand. And so we just practice doing that all the time and, um, and just being able to talk, especially as I can tell, I can tell when kids come into our offices, kids who have had kind of some of this, <laughs> this, uh, focus in their families because they have that emotional vocabulary other kids will come in and, they, and we'll say well how are you feeling and they're like i don't know i don't yeah. know and the, the feelings are so big and they're so overwhelming that a lot of times they can't they just can't figure That's out true. how to talk about it and so it is a really helpful thing to do is just to be like you it, it seems like to me that you're feeling really overwhelmed right now mm-hmm. you're feeling very guilty or you're feeling you know and just start naming those so that they can start to recognize them within themselves yeah i, I love that and and, and it, because it's very difficult to see those in other people if you cannot even identify them in yourself. And, and, and with that, when they're able to see their emotions, it gives them a measure of control, mm-hmm. which is so important. You know, that you could say, oh, I'm feeling very, you know, discouraged right now. If they if recently had some kind of, you know, disappointment in their mm-hmm. life that they could say, oh, I'm discouraged. But I, I've been discouraged before and, you know, I overcome that. And, yeah. and, and again, just noticing that and, and having power that they can they can control their emotions to some at, to some extent, right? That they are able to do that. And that is empowering in their own life, but also in building the empathy. Yeah, and we teach, we try to teach them some self-control strategies here at school because we're talking to them about breathing and we mm-hmm. will talk to kids about grounding themselves using like the five, four, three, two, one mm-hmm. technique, right? Where you, yeah, you focus on five things you can see, mm-hmm. four things you can hear, three things you can feel, two things you can taste and one thing you can touch or something. I can't remember. It's all the five senses, but it's a, it's a good one to help ground you and to help you to, you know, 
make yourself be present and mindful of what's feeling, what you're feeling right in the moment. But then it also keeps emotions from really taking over and getting out of control, which is when a lot of kids will get into trouble is when things are out of control, Mm -hmm. they're feeling out of control, then they break rules and then they get, you know, people get frustrated with them. And so that's, that's such a huge part is just learning that self-control and it can be learned from a very young age, just bit by bit by bit through Mm -hmm. consistency, through modeling, through practice. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, just like any skill, I often tell my students this, you know, like if they love a sport or a musical instrument or anything, you know, we start out and it's frustrating because we're not as good as the people we see on TV or our older siblings or family. But with practice, it gets easier and better. And, and it's true for us as adults, with, you know, practice in this and working, you know, you can make family goals and work together on it. Yeah. I think that's great. And those are skills that are going to last kids throughout mm-hmm. their entire life. You know, it's not just going to help them here at, at Lava Ridge, but it's going to help them in every endeavor going forward. If they can learn how to master themselves, control those themselves, their emotions, you know, that's what we all strive for is for sure. to be able to, to do that because emotions are big. Mm-hmm. Emotions can get uh, get you in trouble a lot of the time, but but we all know that part of maturing is to be able to differentiate, to mm-hmm. control, to you know work through those things, and that's what we want our kids to be headed towards. That for sure. And okay. as always, you know, if you have ideas or experiences or thoughts on how to what's worked for you, what hasn't worked for you, and helping your children with emotions and empathy. We love to hear from you. We really do. And and just ideas how we could help your students specifically and just all our students here at Lava Ridge because life is beautiful. It's great, but it can be a struggle as well. And we're we're all in this together. And and we're so lucky and fortunate to have your children. We love them and just want to do the best we can with them as well. Thank you so much for listening today. We love and care about your kids. So thank you for letting us uh, have our daily interactions with them. 